Hi, I'm Casey Hobbs. And I'm Shane Mason. And we're the hosts of Nurse Talk Radio. Please join us for this special edition podcast. National Nurses Week is a time for everyone, individuals, employers, other healthcare professionals, community leaders, and nurses to recognize the vast contributions and positive impact of America's 4 million registered nurses. Each year, the celebration begins on May 6th and ends on May 12th, Florence Nightingale's birthday. Just last week, ahead of this national celebration, hundreds of nurses gathered in the nation's capital to do what they do best— advocate for their patients by attending the first ever Medicare for All congressional hearing. Nurses have been fighting for years to make Medicare for All a reality, and in 2016, presidential candidate Bernie Sanders carried that torch throughout his campaign. Now supported by over 70% of all Americans, Medicare for All is front and center, and the nurses have never stopped fighting. Our guest today knows something about all of this. With us is Jane O'Mara Sanders, wife of Bernie Sanders, co-founder of the Sanders Institute, and a longtime social, educational, and political advocate. Jane, thank you so much for being with us today on Nurse Talk. Thank you, Donna. It's a pleasure to be here with you, uh, especially to honor the nurses. And with a week to celebrate and recognize nurses set aside each year, how and why do you and Bernie think about and honor the nurses in your lives? Well, I mean, I think almost everybody has a a friend, a family member, or neighbor who's a nurse. Uh, certainly, it's uh, it's a profession that every one of us encounters uh, during our lifetime, some more than others, unfortunately. But uh, we all interact with nurses many times throughout our lives. Um, my aunt Gloria is a nurse. My sister-in-law Kate is a nurse, uh, and I've spoken to many nurses throughout the country, and often they talk about it being a calling. You know, they go to school to learn the science-based skills and knowledge. That's the foundation of nursing. Uh, But that knowledge is enveloped in kindness as they care for every patient, at least it's been my experience, with compassion and a loving human touch. Uh, It takes a very special person to be a nurse, and we should honor them not just uh, during Nurses Week, uh, but every day. So true. And can you share, do you, can you remember uh, one of your own experiences with nurses that you hold dear in your memory? Oh, my gosh. I can remember many. Having my children, watching nurses care for my father in his final days. Most poignant was when my granddaughter was in the ICU. They were a godsend to my daughter and to me and to the rest of the family. Uh, We felt that Tess was in hands of a family. I mean, really, it couldn't have been any better than to have us there 24 hours a day than to have these nurses. They had a number of children in the ICU, a number of newborns, and yet every single parent felt that the nurse only had eyes for theirs, that only they, they absolutely took care of uh, their child as well as they could have taken care of them themselves. You bring up a great point. You know, how, how do you think the nurses' role in, the, in those hospital settings 
contributes to the patient's care and what can be frightening and painful time. You addressed a little bit about uh, families, and I certainly share that experience. How do you think nurses impact the patients? Well, I mean, we all know, you mentioned it's Florence Nightingale's uh, birthday at the end of the week, and she founded the first nursing nurse training school. She came from a religious background, and she maintained that genuine uh, spirituality should manifest itself in active love and caring for others. And uh, you know better than I about the Nightingale pledge uh, that nurses take when they are pinned, uh, including confidentiality for their patients and devotion to those in care. But one of the things that we all know is the role of the nurse is critical because of their proximity and continuity with patients. They're often the best opportunity to prevent an error, to spot an error, uh, mislabeled uh, IV bag, or recognize that a patient's allergy band doesn't match the medication administration record, or to identify slight changes in a patient's condition that could signal a significant complication. I think we've all heard stories of people who have said, if it weren't for that nurse, and that's just the medical part. The nurse acts as a translator. Doctors are coming in and out, but the nurse communicates on an ongoing basis with the patient and then communicates with the doctor about that patient's status and concerns. A lot of people don't feel comfortable talking to doctors or talking to people that are just coming in to check on them that they don't know on a first-name basis, but they share their concerns with nurses. And the nurse makes sure that they are shared with the doctor. They make sure that their nutrition and, and their hydration needs are met and mostly, mostly, mostly provides compassion and emotional support and comfort, not only to the patient, but to their family as well. There are such tremendous patient advocates in the healthcare setting. How do you feel about nurses extending their patient advocacy outside of the hospital and healthcare settings? What about a nurse's duty to advocate for their patients in other ways? See, I think that that is essential. Uh, I've been impressed that the nurses, more than any other profession, recognize that the the world doesn't start and stop within the halls of the hospital, that they have an obligation to speak out on broad issues affecting patients on a global level. Uh, so they've been leaders in Medicare for All because they know what it's like for patients to come and not have insurance or not have adequate insurance. They've also dealt with the effects of climate change. They're speaking out on that, and that's, I think, relatively new and really Exciting because <laughs> I think more than any other profession, nursing is a holistic profession. We care about the whole person and their experience in life. So we need to um, support adequate funding for community programs that support uh, getting off opioids or alcohol or losing weight or uh, having mental health care. Uh, we need to deal with inequality and homelessness. And I think one of the things that's interesting is, as I understand it, every nursing organization now includes a code of ethics that includes the duty to advocate for the patient. 
I wonder, too, if you think about, you know, there's been a lot of energy, certainly from the California nurses in their past, about safe staffing levels and how much that means to nurses to be able to provide adequate care for their patients. What do you think about the efforts to extend that uh, California's got a very strong safe staffing law, thanks to those nurses? Yes. What do you think about extending that nationally? What's your thought about that? I think that that's a very good idea. I mean, one of the things that uh, nurses do, it's interesting, because people hear their concerns and recognize they're always patient-centered. They're virtually never about money, (laughs) unless it's ridiculous inequality. But the nurses tend to fight for the patient's needs. In terms of safe staffing, nurse unions have long fought for mandatory staffing ratios so that nurses can focus on a manageable number of patients. And they're educating the people to understand the difference between an ER with a one-to-four versus an ER with a one-to-eight nurse-patient ratio really results in more deaths. Uh, they're, they're being very strategic and being very clear in terms of telling people why they want what they want. And I think that that doesn't come across a lot from other industries. Unfortunately, the hospital industry counters this by saying that mandatory staffing doesn't take into account each patient's acuity and should be a decision left to management. What we have seen is that industry usually considers staffing levels through a budgetary lens not through the needs-based lens of the patient or the nurse. So I think that the reasons for that are the inability to provide direct care if they don't have the time needed to properly observe and assess each patient, uh, and the high level of nurse burnout. When nurses have too many patients to care for, and they care very much, they end up working through their breaks. They don't take breaks and are often stressed throughout the whole work day and are constantly worrying about patients getting the direct care they need. And the last, going back to what we were talking about before, the inability to provide emotional support. When nurses are running from patient to patient, they simply don't have enough time to provide the comfort and support needed. And they don't feel good about that. They feel rightfully that that is essential to people's health. Absolutely. I once asked uh, a nurse, I said, you know, I think it'd be so hard. You'd go home. uh, I don't know how you don't go home every night and cry. And her answer to me was, we do. And I thought, how many people go from their job in the evening and and are emotionally spent by what they've been through? And it's it's such a hard thing to imagine. So I'm going to push you a little bit on what uh, what your husband's going to do in the Senate a little bit. We anticipate that Sherrod Brown will reintroduce his national safe staffing bill. We would love to know that Bernie's going to sign on to that bill when it's reintroduced. He already has. He was on oh. the first time, and he's, he will be an original co-sponsor uh, this time. And oh, we expected to uh, drop the, during Nurses Week. So absolutely yeah. without question. You know, another thing that confronts nurses in the workplace, and I know you've uh, certainly uh, talked with nurses about this, is violence in the workplace. You know, t- share a little bit about what do you think nurses face every day and w- what can be done to make sure that they're s- as safe as they can possibly be? Well, again, it, part of it is safe staffing, but uh, it's 
become a much more prevalent problem, as I understand it, that there's been a 110% spike in the past decade of violent incidents um, reported against healthcare workers. And I think part of that has to do with the opioid epidemic, I would imagine, uh, and mental health crises. So I am concerned that we address that in the way that the nurses suggest. Um, In inpatient facilities, they're five to 12 times more likely to experience non-fatal workplace violence than the average for workers overall in any industry. And it's underreported, as I understand, by hospital employees. In a 2015 study, 88% of respondents had not documented uh, an incident of violence they had experienced in the previous year. You know, I think one of the things is that a lot of it comes from patients with mental disabilities, such as Alzheimer's, or from patients acting under the influence of drugs. And, you know, nurses tend to take care of people rather than blame them so they understand and maybe don't report. Uh, and yet it is a very important issue. And I understand California healthcare employers are required to ensure a safe environment for patients and nurses. It's OSHA. They developed the standard. It should be the model for the nation. Exactly. And Representative Rokahana from California is sponsoring a bill in the House of Representatives on workplace violence that we anticipate the nurses will put a great deal of energy uh, to moving forward. You know, you've probably seen this week and we certainly have watched from afar uh, all the advocacy the nurses are putting in around Medicare for All. It's been really stunning. And yeah, I, I think, you know, we can we can absolutely uh, credit Bernie's campaign in 2016 for really elevating this issue and elevating the nurses' call for Medicare for All. Tell me why it matters so much to you and Bernie. I know it matters to you a lot. I've heard you uh, mention it a few times. Tell me why it matters so much to you and Bernie. Well, the difficulty is, you know, insurance is unbelievably complicated. Healthcare is a right in a country that is richer than any other country on earth. The fact that we can't do that is inexplicable. There doesn't seem to be any explanation to me that makes any sense that we can't do what every other industrialized country in the world has done. And yet we still pay twice as much per capita for health care. And, you know, I, I hear the arguments against, oh, Medicare for all is going to be a government run system. No, no more than it is than an insurance run system. The, what the system right now is being run for is profit. So a lot of the money that each person pays to take care of their health care goes right into the profits of the medical industry, the pharmaceutical industry. It certainly doesn't go into the nurse's paycheck. certainly doesn't go into health care to actually provide better health care. So we believe that the purpose of a health care plan for a country should be to provide the best health care for every citizen every resident in the United States, and take the profit motive out of it. It just distorts the whole thing. Sana, I have to tell you, healthcare was the wake-up call for me in terms of politics. My father fell and broke his hip when I was two and a half. And for the next 11 years, he was in and out of the hospital every year for various things because there was a, a, a mistake 
uh, in his care. And he had different things each time. Um, my brother, who had quit high school to be able to help the family when my father was in the hospital and my mother went to got a job and went to secretarial school at night, he had become a world-class equestrian, uh, which is very unusual for a family that doesn't come from any money. But his talent was such that that was the case. He went in, when I was 14, he went in with my father and he said, you know, I want him checked head to toe. There's something different every year, and it's got to all be connected. And they said, oh, no, no, we don't do that. Uh, We only do... We only check the presenting problem. That's all insurance will cover. And he said, I can do that for my horses. Why can't you do that? And they said, well, no, that's just not how it works. We can't, we can't do that. He said, I'll pay cash. My father wasn't in the hospital again for another 12 years, ever again, because money was able to be used, and we didn't have to worry about the insurance company. That should not be the case. Somebody without money should not lose a dozen years of their life because they can't get adequate care because they can't pay for it, even if they have insurance. You know, you hear stories from so many families like yours, and you think, why in the world in this country where we have so many bright people? And the only answer is greed and profit that any of us can come to of why we can't get this done. And that kind of segues to a topic I know is also dear to you, You know, some people wonder why unions are important to the nursing profession and their patients. They wonder, a nursing union? Why? Why would you have that? Why would you need it? What do you think unions do for nurses? Well, what they do for everybody, provide a collective voice for the worker. Uh, And individual workers on their own cannot get better working conditions, better wages, a better environment for their work. So the collective voice of nurses in unions enables a strong voice in advocating for patients' rights, such as life-saving nurse-patient ratios and issues such as Medicare for All, inequality and the impact on health, climate degradation and the impact on patients, uh, asthma, uh, you know, there, there are so many different things. But nurses fight against closing of hospitals or critical care units through a collective action, a strong collective action and connection with the affected community uh, have been essential. Uh, I've been looking at a number of hospital closures in rural communities, and it is alarming. Uh, We need nurses' voices there, and we have nurses' voices there trying to stem the tide. The material advantages for union membership are major. Uh, nurses and unions are paid about 20% more. They usually have better pensions, often better working hours, and better benefits than non-union nurses. And all of that is gained through collective bargaining. Nurses in CNA, California Nurses Association, have the best uh, comparable working conditions and wages in the country. That is no accident. Their collective yeah. action strategy and willingness to strike uh, is evidence uh, demonstrated that one-day strikes have been the major factor in their success. So, Donna, what I know is that nurses deserve to be treated with respect, to have the ability to provide direct patient care, 
and and end a work shift feeling that they made other people's lives better and they are not exhausted. Uh, nursing is the most trusted profession in the in this country, and we need to stand by the nurses. We need to support them. We need to support their union, and we need to provide Medicare for all, especially because it'll make everybody's life that much better. I'm so curious about the title you have with Bernie's 2020 campaign. Uh, is it quality of life that you're looking at? I don't. I just the title is life. <laughs> But my focus is on quality of life. It always has been. Um, back when Bernie was mayor, I was the director of the mayor's youth office. Uh, when he was congressman, I was his unpaid chief of staff, uh, press secretary, any any number of things, legislative aid. But my focus has always been on how policies affect people. Uh, what is the impact on the average working family? How can we... Uh, have a city or a country or a world that provides a better quality of life for people of all walks of life so that they have less stress, they have a better sense of community. I mean, I think we learned very early on with the mayor's office that creating a real sense of community is what makes the quality of life much better for people. So, I mean, that entails many, many things. And of course, if you don't have health, you don't have a good quality of life. So we need to give everybody an equal shot at having good health. If you don't have education, you don't have opportunity. So we need to be looking at how we provide education throughout life, lifelong learning. Uh, we know that the early years are essential. So Early childhood education is important. K through 12 often gets overlooked. And then we also need to give the opportunity for people as they change careers to do training in whatever way they want as they continue so they can move from one industry or one focus to another. And we need to also, um, uh, the nurses know this, I mean, there's all this new science, and it's not reflected in our education, but neuroscience tells us we should be doing things differently than we did when we developed our education system during the industrial age. We need to start looking at things that impact health and education, such as teaching mindfulness and stress reduction and uh, dealing with, you know, mind, body, spirit. So, Mainly, I want everybody to wake up every morning and feel that they have something meaningful to do with their lives that they enjoy. Uh, that I've read recently that if you spend 20% of your work day or student day uh, doing the part of the job that you love, you're very satisfied with your job. All of us know we have to do a lot of things we don't like. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, our focus is... And my focus has always been make people's lives better on a daily basis. And national policy really has a big impact on that. It's not to make it easier. It's to make it better, to make it more fulfilling. And sure. Bernie was very successful in as, uh, as mayor. Uh, we were over and over again named the most livable city in the United States. He was named one of the... 20 best mayors in the United States for 
for those reasons, to try to have a sense not only of working together as he does in the campaign, bringing people together, working collectively on a campaign. It's also not just cerebral. It's also how do we work together and have fun and have, you know, listen to music, art, culture, an essential part of our life, and we should incorporate it more. So that's what I'm focusing on. So I'm doing more than 20% of my day focusing (laughs) on things I love. (laughs) Oh, that's so awesome. And I I want to wrap up on because I know you have such a busy schedule, but I wanted to take a moment to personally thank you for something I don't know if you'll even remember. Uh, in 2016, Bernie came to Denver, and it was the day that uh, Justice Scalia died. And I remember pulling up to the convention center thinking that uh, we might have to wait in line for a few minutes. And oh my gosh, the line wrapped all the way around the convention center. And it was so crowded that a number of people could not get in because of uh, fire regulations and so forth. And Jane, you came out of that event and greeted the people who could not get in. And that was such a decent and kind and loving thing to do for those people. And a thank you for being the woman that you are and for, you know, helping in this tremendous movement to get uh, your husband not only elected president, I think you would be a fabulous, I don't know if I want to call you first lady or first woman, but <laughs> I'm just so, I'm so grateful to you for who you are. Donna, that is so sweet. Well, it was very kind for all those people, including yourself, uh, to, to show up, to be there, to want to participate. Um, so thank you for thanking me. It's quite an honor to be standing alongside so many wonderful people that are trying to transform this country. And I have to tell you, nurses are at the front of the line there all the time. Absolutely. Thank you, Jane, so much. And best of luck. You know we're going to be behind you and we're going to have a lot of fun. And I look forward to the next time we're able to have you on Nurse Talk. Thank you, Donna. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 34 million Americans have no health insurance. Many more are underinsured, and one insurance company executive pockets almost $500 million for a merger which will only drive health care costs higher. Please do not tell us that this is a rational health care system. For more information about this topic, visit nursetalksite.com.